This is Review and Preview on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Alfonso DeFalco and Andrew Scarpacci, our guest for the very first time. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. We look forward to having you on tonight. So, quick reminder, you can tune in to our live show tonight here on The Wave. That is the sound of LIU at liuwave.org. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Review and Preview. And also, you can watch our Facebook live stream as well. Uh, All right, guys, so a quick rundown of our show tonight. Oh, and by the way, if you want to call in, our number is 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. All right, so we're going to talk about the NFC wildcard matchups from the past week. Then we're going to transition into the AFC. Then we are going to preview the divisional round. Then after the divisional round, that's coming up starting tomorrow. We have those four games. We're going to go over our team of the week. We'll talk about some head coaching changes, and then we will finish up with some NBA and preview the grand finale of the college football 2019-2020 season on Monday night featuring LSU and Clemson. Guys, I can't wait for it. It is going to be a great show. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. So, all right. Um, before things get crazy here in the studio tonight, because you know they are, oh, like yeah. they always yep, do. They always will. Uh, right on cue, probably the craziest thing I, I saw this weekend was the Minnesota Vikings beating the New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to bring up one stat for you. The Minnesota Vikings are 40-0 and under head coach Mike Zimmer when running 30-plus times. Hmm. We start off with a fun fact Friday. Yeah, what do you think, Fonz? I love I love fun fact Friday. It, what a great <laughs> way to kick off the show. I one hundred percent agree with you, uh, Andrew. Uh, introduce yourself to us a little bit, so the folks who are listening or watching, if they may not know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I'm a Long Island native. I went to Hicksville High School. I went to the Summer Honors Institute going into my senior year of high school here, and I was in a journalism program. So we did one day at the radio station. And uh, I met Dan Cox, and he um, signed me up to intern at the station throughout my senior year. And I loved it so much, I decided to stay and continue my education at LIU. I'm uh, currently at the radio station in the sports department. I'm going to be the assistant sports editor at the Pioneer this upcoming spring. And I just started the uh, bowling club Wow! on campus. Impressive resume. Thank you. I like it. Yeah. Um, welcome to Review and Preview. And uh, we appreciate having you on. I was once a student of Long Island University myself, and Fonz, your sister, attends the university. Yeah, she, she currently attends uh, LIU. I did not go to LIU. I went to St. Bonaventure University. Yeah, as, were, uh, yeah as, up, up, up as everyone, yeah, everyone understands. Canada, so, basically. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So. Not quite, but just Honorary LIU um, alum here, basically. Honorary. <laughs> <laughs> and your good friend Albert Donor, a Buffalo Bills fan, so we'll talk about oh, that yeah. a little bit later. Shout out, yeah. Albert. Go Bills. Let's talk about the Vikings. And, you know, there's been all this pressure around Kirk Cousins, how he could never win the big game, and he proved himself. The numbers weren't the prettiest, but he got the job done. And I'll be quite honest with you. He outplayed Drew Brees on Sunday. And there's something about this 1 o'clock in the afternoon time frame that really benefits the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if you uh, guys really take note to that, but to, to me – 
it really benefits them playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon uh, historically. I'm not just talking about this season. Yeah. You get what I'm saying, right? I'm talking about all time. Andrew, you're a Packers fan. You're uh, donning the Jordy Nelson jersey. Uh, how do you feel about these Minnesota Vikings? Well, the Packers were able to beat them twice this season, which is what propelled them to get the division. Sure but did. Kirk Cousins had by far the best season of his career, 107 yeah. passer rating, only twice in his career ever having above 100. Yeah. And missing one game, he was still able to have to have the highest completion percentage ever, ever of his career and the uh, third most touchdowns. Wow. I think that one game he missed, it was the last game of the season where he didn't even need to, yeah. to play. So it was, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Um also, another guy we need to talk about when we talk about the Minnesota Vikings is the running back Dalvin Cook, who missed some time this year, mm-hmm. but still easily a top five back in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah, in this game, twenty eight carries, ninety four yards, uh, not quite at a hundred, especially when you rush the ball twenty eight times. That's not what you what you want, mm-hmm. but the two touchdowns were key. That helps a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something right now: the Saints they have a stout front. You're talking about guys like Cameron Jordan, uh, Onyemata, Tuttle. Hen- Hendrickson, the rookie who has double-digit sacks for them, number 91. Yeah. And you saw it in this game. The Minnesota Vikings really took it to the Saints. And this goes to show you they can play with anybody. Yeah. They can play with anybody in the NFC. They can play with anybody in the NFL. And the fact that they did this on the road and there's this huge stereotype, nobody comes out of Mercedes-Benz Dome still standing, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. And you know what? The Minnesota Vikings just did it. Yeah. Then we make the joke that Kirk Cousins can't win primetime games, and it's even dating back to his Washington days. But he he showed out against uh, the Saints this time around. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now he goes to San Francisco. That'll be what time is that game? Is uh, that a, it is a, tomorrow. It's a four thirty game, I think. All right. So it's not really a it's not a late night game, but you know he you still. Know. I'm. It's cool to see that he's able to do that, especially with that big contract he got too. Because what was it this time last year? Like. It was just a big money waste for them. And this is huge because, you know, he's been the underdog. He's been tabbed the underdog his whole life. A backup at Washington to RG3 to start his career. Yeah. Remember, they were drafted the same year yeah. in 2012. People forget, Kirk Cousins is not a young pup. He's 30 years old around. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in that 29 to 31-year-old range, which is where you hit your prime and you got to hit your stride. And... I'll tell you guys, if Kirk Cousins is ever going to be an elite NFL quarterback, he needs to start winning playoff games, and he just did it on Sunday. Of course, with the help of his number one wideout in Adam Thielen, seven catches, 129 receiving yards. And also, this was a guy that missed some time this year. There was was a time last year where a lot of people were comparing him to Jordy Nelson, Mm. That he was the number one receiver in football for a good period of time last year. Yeah. With the amount of catch, he broke so many catch records. Yeah. The first, like, eight weeks of the season, he had at least seven catches and 70 the, receiving yards. That was a record, I think, at the time, too. Like, yeah. Most consecutive games with uh, seven plus catches. Andrew, uh, what do you think about Adam Thielen and the impact he had on this game against the Saints? I think he's by far been one of the most consistent wide receivers over the last couple of years. He's been able to just get out there and prove himself every game. Mm-hmm. He's never been that guy where it's like every week he's the number one receiver each week, but he you see it game in game where he's just able to get enough done to propel the Vikings to have a competitive game every time. Yeah, that's an excellent point you bring up there, Andrew. Uh, he really is a game changer, and when he was out, they missed him. I know you had uh, Johnson... You had Irv Smith. Of course, Kyle Rudolph. We'll talk about 
his game-winning touchdown in uh, overtime later on. The Vikings won 26-20 to uh, in OT. Won a two games to go to overtime this weekend. Yeah. Um, but Stefan Diggs, quiet game, nothing pretty. Uh, and, you know, I will say this. Uh, the Vikings' backs were against the wall heading into this game. This was the one game of the weekend that every expert predicted the Saints were going to win. Yeah. Uh, myself included. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us here thought the Saints were going to win. Come on now. I think we did in our quick picture. So we'll talk about it later. A lot yeah. of people thought that out of all the teams that played on Wild Card Weekend, the Saints had the best shot to make it to the Super Bowl because a 2-3 in Green Bay, mm-hmm. Breeze versus Rodgers. I mean, Andrew, I know you're a Packers fan, but for a Saints team with the dynamic defense and going up against a rookie head coach, that's also a winnable game for them. I would definitely say so. So the Titans went 9-7 and seven and took out the Super Bowl champions, and I would say the Vikings was a bigger upset. Right. And, you know, this, Fonz, this is what really makes the playoffs special because you could be any seed, and you know this very well as a Ravens fan and also as a Packers fan. You guys both were six seeds, I think, when you won your most previous Super Bowls, I if bl- I'm not uh, mistaken. The z- you guys were 9-7. and seven. I think you guys were 10-6. and six. Well, this is the one in 2012, correct? Yes, uh, against the 49ers. No, uh, no, we were actually, we were in the wild card. We won the division we hosted the Colts in the wild card and then we went right yeah, yeah. I think we were we were we were four or five that division was right. uh, was crazy we went down to the wire but yeah no it was a close one too so yeah we started on the wild card against the Colts rookie Andrew Luck at the time and they thought you know this this Colts team they might have been able to win and all and whatnot but yeah no sometimes the wild card teams you never really know and you know I'm just I'm gonna say it now the defense of Minnesota very Excellent defense all year. They're veterans. Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith, Kendricks. Danelle Hunter. Dan, yeah, or D- Danelle, Danelle Hunter. Mm-hmm. One and a half sacks in this game. He, Him and Griffin, that combo is nearly unstoppable. And don't forget the hog up the middle they have in Linval. Yeah, I was to say, <laughs> he, uh, that's a... That's a crazy it's defensive a big boy player. right yeah. there. I mean, yeah, I don't know, he used to play for my Giants. Yeah, former Giant. You know? So... I think Just it, some food for thought. There. It was also we weren't sure with the corners because I think they were they lost two corners even before the game even started. And Xavier Rhodes at one point was a top corner, hasn't played like that. And then we thought this is going to be the Michael Thomas no, show. He has struggled a lot. Yeah, that's year. what I'm saying. Like they had no secondary help, and you thought Michael Thomas was going to have literally 15 catches, 200 yards. But yeah, uh, we'll talk about the Saints later. But he, Thomas only really had 70 yards, which is low yeah. for a guy like him. And before we go over the Saints stats, let's talk about the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Not a very successful team in the playoffs as of late. They were one of four teams. So a third of the field in the playoffs this year uh, has never won a Super Bowl. The Vikings, of course, one of those teams. Out of the teams that haven't won one, they've appeared in it the most. Mm-hmm. They, they're 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, with the days of Fran Tarkenton, those guys. I didn't uh, many Super Bowls. The Vikings were. are 2-4 in their last six playoff games, but they're 2-0 against the Saints. A lot of people forget the 2-3 last year in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, Case Keenum, the last second touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I forget who the defender was on that play. It Mark, might have been Kenny Vaccaro or Marshawn Lattimore or it somebody. Was Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, yeah. yes. And I, he's still on the Saints. Yeah, yeah, he was the rookie with Marshawn Lattimore. There's yeah. like two bright uh, secondary members of the Saints. And, you know, thinking about it right now, the Saints didn't play a bad game. No. Uh, each team, ne- neither team eclipsed over 400 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Breeze in this game threw barely over 200 yards. His completion percentage was high, arguably the most accurate quarterback of all time. But, you know, 
you're sitting here and you're like, Breeze, he broke all these records this year, but as of late, he has not been good in the playoffs pretty much throughout all of his career. He has an 8-8 eight and eight career playoff record. That is, that's a 500 playoff record. Yeah. That's the second worst winning percentage among quarterbacks with at least 15 playoff starts. That is not good, especially for a guy who is probably potentially a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. We forget because that Super Bowl run he had. We right. for, we forget that like the his actual like I take that away his, his Super Bowl run. He has been at the bottom of when it comes to playoff quarterbacks. Andrew Taysom Hill had a better game than Drew Brees. <laughs> did he not? Yeah, he definitely did. Um, <laughs> Drew Brees, most passing touchdowns, most passing yards all time, but he's just never been able to get off that hump and have that 250, 300-yard multiple playoff games to propel the Saints to multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, that's that's a good point, too. Uh, Kamara, non-factor in this game, yeah. seven rushes, 21 yards. He did have that one touchdown. Yeah. Michael Thomas was contained very nicely. You know, you want to bring up Xavier Rhodes, talk about the Vikings secondary. Mm. Uh, seven catches, 70 yards for Mike Thomas. Now, the Swiss Army Knife and Taysom Hill. We yeah. all love to talk about him. Him, yeah. Breeze, and Bridgewater are all free agents yeah. heading into next season. And the real question is, who do, who do you keep? Mm-hmm. Breeze is going to be 41 in less than a week. Mm-hmm. And then Taysom Hill is a guy you have to keep. He's super dynamic. Yeah. He but can play he every a, position. Yeah, but can he be a consistent starter for right. the whole And eventually year. you think Teddy Bridgewater would take over this team. Yeah, he's good, but he might look to get paid somewhere. You know, look at a team maybe like I know uh, – We'll talk about it another time, but like Miami or something, like a team that needs a quarterback. I agree. Um, Andrew and Fonz, before we go to our first break here, I do want to uh, highlight that um, the Saints are the first 13-win playoff team to lose on wild card weekend. Hmm. Not, did yeah, not know that. so not good. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are calling for Mike Zimmer to be on the hot seat next year. I'm like, he does not deserve to be on the hot seat. No, I don't think he so. He made an NFC championship game two years ago. And he just upset arguably the best team in the NFC, possibly. It, if, if there was any talks of it, it's definitely safe now. No, it's, it's if there now. was, yeah, if right. there was any even little slight hummings about it, I agree. All right, guys. So on that note, we're going to step aside for our first break of the evening, and when we come back, we will finish up the Vikings and Saints, and then we'll transition into the Seattle and Philadelphia game. You're listening to Review and Preview here on the Wave, the sound of LIU. A new decade. We got to highlight the last decade. (laughs) Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco and Andrew Scarpacci. Now, you can tune into our show tonight on liuwave.org. And if you want to call in, 516-299-2030 is the number. And at this time, uh, we do have a caller. I'm going to hook him up here quick. And Fonz, why don't you... uh, continue about the Saints and the Vikings game on Sunday with Andrew while I do that. Yeah, while Tom is doing that. We'll just uh, quickly recap on the little bit of the stats here. Breeze, like we said, 26-33, a little over 200 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Kamara, more of a non-factor, even though he's one of the top backs in the league, 21 rushing yards and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, seven catches, 70 yards, and the Swiss Army Knife himself did a little bit of everything. All right, so we do have a caller on the line. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. What's up, guys? Gabe here from Orange County, New York. 
I, w- I would love to talk about the Vikings some more. Uh, Tom, I'll let you start it off. I'll ask you just a broad question for you. What did you like about the Vikings? What was your main takeaway from that game versus the Saints? A lot to like there, for sure. So, Gabe, by the way, thank you very much for your call tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah I know you are a Vikings fan, and yeah. the th- biggest oh, yeah. thing I, I, I take away from this game, to answer your question with the Vikings, is that uh, they were able – I thought they were pretty good in time of possession. I know they were they, they were down at halftime, right? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Uh, they were up. They were. I believe they were up. It was a close game. Yeah, it was close throughout. Now, it it's really tough because what they did so well, in my opinion, Gabe, they took away Alvin Kamara and they made the Saints one dimensional. They applied pressure on Breeze, and he cracked under pressure. Now, offensively, I thought Minnesota did a great job moving the chains, not trying to make any Superman type plays. They managed the game very well, Gabe. Uh, I thought Cook was solid on the ground, considering, you know, he's been banged up this year. That Vikings offensive line, man, let, let, let me tell you something. They're good. Yeah. They are good. Um, Bradbury, the center, Pat Eflin, uh I believe you guys have Reef too, right, Gabe? Yeah, we got Reef at left tackle. I thought the right side of the line, I mean, you just named off the whole left side. I think the right side was the, the best side on that in that game. Klein, right tackle, right? O'Neal. Yeah, those guys made holes, and they're just so athletic on the right side of the line. You can see the way they toss the ball to the right. Mm-hmm. Cook, he gets so much. He doesn't get touched down the field. I mean, to build off of that, I feel like you said cracking under pressure. That's exactly what the Saints' top players did in this game. Kamara, Thomas, and Breeze, none of them had the games they're capable of doing. And then on defense, you had Marshawn Lattimore. He had an awful game. And then Cam Jordan, defensive end, he was a non-factor. He got pushed. He got pushed around all game. So I think the Vikings did an excellent job keeping the stars of the Saints uh, a non-factor. Taysom Hill and Tommy Lee Lewis were the players of the game for the Saints, which is uh, not what anybody was expecting. I agree, and a lot of people who you know may not be diehard football fans may not know who Tommy Lee Lewis is. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, Oh, he's a beast. That I can't. That was my biggest fear was the Vikings punting the ball into his hands. Yeah. Every time he touched the ball, it was it was a big return. Are you he talking about uh, Deontay Harris too, the uh, punt returner from Assumption College? That might be. Is that the? Is I might be naming the wrong guy. That is, might be the guy you're referring to. Um, he, small I, guy. I, Tommy Lee Lewis is a small guy too. Whatever. Yeah. His name I think is. they both return kicks, but, but Harris does uh, more of the duties there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was he had a huge game. He had an absolutely. That was the him and Taysom Hill had. They were really the only factors on the Saints who who did anything that game. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Andrew, who we have here is a Packers fan, and you know. Andrew, I want you and Gabe here. Not, not, not to butt heads a little bit, but uh, are you scared of the Vikings? No, we beat them twice. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> wow. Gabe, what do you have to say about that? Well, we didn't have Thielen in the second game. Uh, Dalvin Cook is, was banged up near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the way the Vikings are playing right now, even Xavier Rhodes had a big game uh, in the secondary their secondary, I mean, if they can compete with the Saints uh, and hold Drew Brees under check, I mean, I think the the Vikings are a scary defense to play against. Uh, go, 
I know the Packers have a better offensive line than than the Saints. That that's a, a concern of mine. But I don't think the Packers. I think if you play the Packers three times and you're in the same division, I think I think all bets are off. Whoever won the first two games, I think it's a it's a toss up in that situation. Going back to what you said on Dalvin Cook, now you have you have to face Preston Smith, Sedarius Smith, Blake Martinez. You don't think they can stop Dalvin Cook under eighty yards? Well, they have... I think Kirk Cousins is going to have to win every game from here on out. I mean, the Vikings offense—they showed that how predictable they really are. It's toss right, toss left. Even on the goal line, they run the same two plays. So I think having those edge guys and having Blake Martinez, who's I think he leads the NFL in tackles. He's second behind Bobby Wagner. Right, he's excellent tackling linebacker. I think they're not going to give up big plays to Dalvin Cook. I think Kirk Cousins, he's aired it out against the Packers every time he's played, and he's been just off on a lot of those throws. But if he's playing as well as he did against the Saints, I don't think the Packers secondary uh, can can really hold Cousins under control just because of how many weapons the Vikings have on offense? It's going to be hard to to stack the box and have a have an accurate Kirk Cousins throwing the ball deep. I think it's going to be a challenge to uh, stop both. Now, Gabe, I have a question for you. Obviously, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, this is this might even be his first playoff one ever uh, in the NFL. So now, yeah. I mean, this game obviously went to overtime, and he played very well, and they beat arguably the best team in the NFC at their home place. Yeah. You, you, you like that? You like that, Fonz? <laughs> oh, yeah. You I, like that game? I like that. I like the, that. The problem is is that <laughs> the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, he doesn't let Kirk Cousins let it fly enough. It's the fans game. I, too yeah. many times on uh, last week, they would run such a conservative style, and you paid Kirk Cousins $84 million for a reason, to let him throw the ball, and they – they treat him like they did Case Keenum, who is just a game manager. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. Case Keenum was making a tiny fraction of what Cousins was is making now, but they, their responsibilities as quarterbacks are seemingly the same. So I think they just have to let him. It's hard to give Kirk Cousins confidence when you're playing almost like you're scared of him throwing the ball, which is kind of how they play as an offense. They don't run out of the shotgun. I think ninety percent of their plays last week were were in with a fullback and three tight ends telling the other team we're going to run the ball and we're going to you know we're going to have Dalvin Cook win us this game. I think they have to let Kirk Cousins win them a game because teams are going to prep all week for Dalvin Cook. They right. they haven't seen the Kirk the side of Kirk Cousins that can really air it out which he showed on that last play, second yeah. to last play of the game but with Adam Thielen. I think he has weapons and he has an arm and they just got to let him wing it. Right. And you know I agree with you, and you know this comment from me might surprise you guys. I think the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. I really do. Oh. I think I think they're going to run the table. This has a similar feel to what the Giants did a few years ago. It has a similar feel to what the Packers did in 2010. This is around the time maybe Cousins is a couple years older than Rodgers was when he did it. But let me tell you something. Look out. This defense is great. They have a veteran head coach that has excellent potential to make it to the big game. Mm-hmm. And, Gabe, I mean, what do you think about the Vikings? Do you, do you think they have a legitimate shot to run this table here? 
I I love the matchup versus 49ers because Garoppolo is just so young and he hasn't proven himself in the playoffs yet. I mean, neither really has Cousins, but Cousins has more just more experience under his belt in in pressure situations. Um, and Garoppolo, I think, versus the Vikings pass rush and with a secondary that's finally see, seems to come around in the last uh, week of the season, I think. Garoppolo is going to struggle, and the Vikings have one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. The 49ers have relied on three guys to run the ball. Garoppolo has never had to win them any game because they. it seems like they go up 21 nothing on the ground, and then at that point it's too late for the other team to come back because their defense is so good. But if the Vikings go up early, which is what they did against the Saints, mm-hmm. if Drew Brees couldn't lead them back to a win, I don't think Garoppolo could just throw the ball mm-hmm. to get them back into the game. I think the 40, it's really going to come down to the first half and who establishes that time of possession that the Vikings did in the Saints game. I think time of possession is going to be everything in this game. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, what is the X factor for the Vikings to win this game Sunday, uh, tomorrow, against San Francisco? I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably going to be their toughest game of the playoffs. This will probably be even tougher than last week because unlike the Saints, the 49ers have a piece in every offensive skill position where you could say, well, you know, the Saints don't have a great tight end. The Saints have a running back who's been banged up all year. The 49ers have the pieces. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey go up against Everson Griffin and Donnell Hunter. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I think... Defensively, if I were to give you an X factor on both sides, I think defensively it's Eric Kendrick because he has been the guy who's had to guard the tight end all year long. The Vikings play a ton of man coverage, and they're not going to put uh, a nickel corner on George Kittle because they have they're going to spread him out in the shotgun. So you're going to see Eric Kendricks have to both defend the run, which he's done really well all year, and defend George Kittle. I think if he has a good game covering the tight end, George Kittle, I think that's one facet. I think that's their biggest facet of their offense. He's their leading receiver. Without George Kittle, they're, they minimize the, the threat of the passing game. I think Eric Hendricks is the biggest piece on defense. And then on offense, it's Kirk Cousins. We know what Dalvin Cook can do. We know their offensive line can make holes for him. Yeah. But Kirk, Kirk Cousins has struggled under pressure. He's going against Eric Armstead and the Bosa, one of the Bosa's. I think it's Nick Bosa. And that's going to be tough for him because he's not a scrambling quarterback. So if he can't get the ball off within a few seconds, it's going to be a nightmare. So him being confident and making making throws under pressure is going to be huge for him. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have to win them this game, just like Garoppolo is going to have to win it on the other side. Final question for you here, Gabe. Uh, the Rudolph touchdown at the end. No P.I., right? I had to throw that in. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph is six foot six, played basketball in college, and catches everything within a, a five-foot radius of him. No matter what, he was coming down with that ball, and I think whatever push there was, it was equal on the other side. I saw hands jousting on both sides. I didn't see a flag. And but what do you expect me to say? I'm a Vikings fan. Of course I'm going to say no P.I., but I'm, I'm surprised they didn't review it, honestly. They literally they put should've. that rule in. They, yeah, they, they put the rule in for the Saints. But honestly, Tom, listen to this. This is karma. So they put that rule in for the Saints, okay, that pass interference review rule. 
10 years ago when the Vikings lost to the Saints in overtime on a field goal, they made a rule that summer that you can't win the game sudden death with a field goal because the Vikings lost on that same rule. So I think it's come full circle at this point that the Vikings benefited from, uh, from the no review. I think it's just like it would have been 10 years ago when the, the Vikings couldn't get a second shot against the Saints. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you're saying that now. That's that's, that is an excellent argument um, that, <laughs> you know, this is three years in a row now that the Saints have, you know, some may argue they've gotten the short end of the stick. Or if you're the Saints, you know what? Play better. Don't put yourselves yeah. in that yeah. situation that late in the game. There's lessons learned from everything. And, Gabe, thank you very much for calling in tonight. We hope to have you on back again soon. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. You too. That was Gabe from Orange County, New York. He also he uh, does some sports radio up at Albany. Awesome. So, uh, glad to have him on the show. Now, before we go to break here, um, the Seahawks did be – did beat the Philadelphia Eagles 17-9 on Sunday. That was the other game in the NFC. Carson Wentz, unfortunately, did get hurt in this game. Uh, on Some may argue the dirty hit by Jadavion Clowney, which we will uh, catch up on after the break here. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about this game because, I mean, Russell Wilson proved once again why he is one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL. He does it at his size. He has heart. He has grit. He has determination. He may not be the most raw. He might not have the most raw talent, but he wants to be great. Yeah. He wants to be great. So we'll set that up for when we come back in just a few moments. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. You're listening to Review and Preview on the Wave. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Fonz DeFalco and Andrew Scarpacci here in the studio. We just talked to Gabe up from Albany, a uh, hardcore Vikings fan, and now we have another caller here. But, uh, Fonz, why don't you uh, talk about this Seattle-Philly game while we get him on the line? All right, yeah, while Tom is doing that, I'll throw out some stats here of what's been going on. It was kind of more It was a lower-scoring game here. Uh, Wilson was incredible, uh, as always, and we'll talk about DK Metcalf later. Uh, and as far as Carson Wentz, he was down with injury and went in with Josh McCown. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be talking about that. I think Tom has the, the call up now. Yes, I do. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hey, uh, fellas, it's Tom from uh, the town of Brookhaven. What's going on? Tommy Mack, how's it going? Great, Good. great to hear from you. Uh, former co-host of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Long time no oh, yeah, uh, talk, so let's uh, catch up, Tom. Oh, man, the days of uh, me, you, Brian. Uh, Greg, Griffin. Greg, oh, my God, those, that was so much fun. Come and gone, yeah, so, it's crazy. It's been oh. it's been a couple of years now. I know. I can't believe it. Yeah. But uh, thanks for having me on. And, uh, Tom, you know what I still have, don't you? Uh-oh. You wrote, you wrote, you wrote something down, didn't you? Are you... You know I did. Oh. <laughs> what did you just say a second ago? The Vikings going to run the table? I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, he said it. Yep, yep. I did. I did say it. I did say it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, uh, you know, <laughs> since you bring that up, uh, I mean, do you think they have a shot against the 49ers this weekend? I actually don't think so. I, I mean, of course, uh, they play we disagree on everything. Oh yeah, we yeah. Well, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love this. But uh. No, actually, I, I don't, only because it's a road game. Um, and I think the uh, San Fran D is going to be a little too much. Uh, Thielen, you know, is not healthy. You know, he cut himself. And if the uh, San Fran D bottles up uh, Cook, then I really don't think they'll have a chance because I don't think Cousins is a pressure player, to be honest with you. Yeah. Although he did play exceptional last week, don't get me wrong. He did. He did. That he did. Uh, but I just don't think he, he's going to be up to the challenge. I, I honestly don't. So if you think San Francisco will lock down Minnesota, do you think Seattle, who beat the Eagles last Sunday, can they upset Green Bay? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's the only road oh. underdog that the only road underdog that can. I know I see a green jersey um, on Facebook right now, and I'm sorry, pal. But uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I don't, I don't think that they're the only roan dog that has a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think just because of Russell Wilson, uh, he's just True. a player that just wins. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know, I, I just think that the only team that the only road team that has a chance to win. I don't think uh, Houston has a chance to win. I don't think uh, the Titans though. Titans might have a chance to win, but if, if they can stop Lamar Jackson, then they definitely have a chance. But who can do that? You know. So, Tommy, you're going to tell me that a Seattle running back in Marshawn Lynch, who had six carries for seven yards against the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, can uh, help propel Seattle to victory over Green Bay's front? Oh, well, Andrew's a Packers that- fan, so you might you might want to have some beef with him here on this, but let me tell you something. Besides DK Metcalf, they got nothing. Will Disley's hurt, Carson, Procise, Penny. They're all gone. Their offensive line is atrocious. Their secondary's hurt. I mean... You know what? All that... And they still got Russ. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the problem. Andrew, I think Russell Wilson is great, but I think Aaron Rodgers is just a little better and will prove it in the playoffs. He has unfinished business, won Super Bowl his whole career, and that was before he was even the big name that he is now. He's not going out with one. Yeah. I mean, look. Russell uh, Russell Wilson is, um, between him and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers blows him away as far as physical talent and, uh, you know, just I'm not sure about the careers, how they – look on paper i'd never look that up but if i had to pick a quarterback um it would be aaron Rodgers. but russell wilson just has that like it thing where he, he wins games yeah. by himself you know he runs he, he, he runs but he doesn't get hit um and if you need a big play to be made he seems to make it i'd so. agree i mean met he has dk metcalf seven catches 160 yards and a score in this game now, the real question is, can those Green Bay defensive backs take him away? Because I think their priority should be to diagnose him and know where he is on the field. Obviously, he's going to make some catches. But can Green Bay contain him? I think another thing. 
Russell Wilson was sacked 68 times this year. That's the most in the NFL. And then he's going up against Preston Smith, Zadaria Smith, guys with double-digit sacks. Blake Martinez at five and a half. There's just anyone that can go after him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know what? That that all, like, D.K. Metcalf, you know, I, I look just like him body-wise. Uh, true. But, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm Jack. But he, he's an absolute beast, this guy. He is. He's an absolute beast. He's hard to stop. Yeah. But you're right. They take him out. Uh, I don't see the other weapons. But then why does Vegas have the Lions, that yeah. as lowest spread? I mean, it's four points is the last I saw. Uh, everyone else is uh, seven, ten, nine and a half, you know, whatever. So I, I think – I mean, if Vegas thinks so, why can't I think so? Well, I mean, I, you know, I will say this. There's one other argument that hasn't been brought up yet, and it's the head coaching experience, where Seattle clearly has an edge. Uh, Carroll oh. against LaFleur. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? That could be a huge difference, Tom. Yeah. That could be a huge difference. Even though Pete Carroll made the biggest mistake of his coaching career against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Right. When he threw the ball, he should have, should have ran with Marshawn the first time. Tommy. So, Pete Carroll can make mistakes, you know. I'm going to make this argument as well. Philadelphia was without their starter almost the entire game. Carson Wentz went one for three yeah. for three yards. Yeah. His first ever playoff start. It stinks. It's terrible. It's a shame. The well, only I- offensive guy in terms of skills players that was out there for all 16 games in the regular season, first time of his career. He played all 16 games. You feel bad for the guy? Absolutely. Was this? I think, do you guys think that was a cheap shot by Clowney? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, was there, you know, a harmful intent to concuss him? No. But did he want to get at him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're a defensive guy, I mean, you want to eat up the opposing quarterback. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Now, my thing is this. You know, you bring up Seattle's defense, but – Josh McCown, of course, for, for former Jet, uh, 40 years old, the oldest player ever to make his first playoff appearance at start. 18 to 24, 174 yards. Sanders had 69 on the ground, and Dallas Goddard had seven catches for about 73 yards. Uh-huh. Philadelphia only scored nine points, but if I'm Seattle, I mean, I'm disappointed that this game was as close as it was with what Philadelphia had. Yeah, and That's I, saw my problem. Thing on, I saw a thing on Police Report today that uh, McCown played the second half with a torn hamstring. He did. That yeah. is true. So, you're right. Um, I, I'm just giving them a chance more than the other, excuse me, underdogs. Um, so, I, I'm not going to, I don't know, predict a win by Seattle. I just think they have a shot. That's all. I don't think the other... Uh, I, I, Minnesota, I really don't think they have a – well, they have a chance. I mean, every team does. But I, I think Minnesota's going to get beat. I definitely think the AFC teams are going to win too. I mean, the uh, AFC favorites. Well, I think and the, uh, both AFC teams are pretty predictable. Of course, anything can happen. But there's definitely, you know, both games you could say which team has a clear edge. And I think you could even say that for the San Francisco-Minnesota game. You know, our previous caller, Gabe, thinks they have a shot like myself. Uh, oh, yeah, I couldn't hear him. I, I was watching you guys. I, I thought you uh, had something where we could hear it on Facebook. But um, he's uh, I wish I could have heard that guy talk. 
Yeah. Um, well, you know, a quick reminder, you can uh, tune in at liuwave.org to listen to our show tonight, and we do have Facebook Live up here as well. Now, Tommy, I mean, I, I got I to gotta ask you this before uh, we cut this off here. What do you think about your Jets, man? Seven wins this year. Uh, you know, I know they, I wouldn't say overachieved, but Gase in his first year. What do you think? Um, it was disappointing, to be honest. Uh, I was encouraged at the end of the season. They went 6-2 and two after starting 1-7. and seven. Um, You know, if... 5-3 well, and three if Buffalo uh, started their guys. But, yeah, still good ending. Well, no, 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 no. It's a win, Tommy. It's a win. It's a win. Sure. But... <laughs> I understand what he's saying, but still a win. Yeah. Um, uh, if Darnold didn't get the mono, you know, maybe we may, would have made a difference. But the the losses to Miami, the first one, you know, the first game, brutal. The loss to Cincinnati, oh Christ, brutal, terrible. Uh, and the loss to Jacksonville, oh my God. Well, I mean, yeah. So uh, those those three could have made a big difference. Um, you know, and the use Adam Gates did not use Le'Veon Bell as he should have. Yeah, he used them, but not the right way. Mm-hmm. They need to figure it out because they can't release them. They're not going to get rid of them because the uh, dead cap hit would be uh, tremendous. So they're not going to do that. He'll be around another year. They need to figure that out. They do. Um, you know, with the eleventh pick overall. I hope there's a stud left tackle sitting there. Um, if not, take your best player available. But uh, overall, I'm not ter- I'm not um, upset that the uh, that the Jets decided to keep Gates because now Sam Darnold will finally be in a in a uh, system for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Even though this is only his third year. Um, but overall, in general, I was disappointed this season. I mean, Christ. I mean, uh, I haven't seen nothing as far as Super Bowl wins. You guys with your uh, Packers jacket on, uh, jersey, your the Raven jersey on, oh, Tommy yeah. with your Giants. You guys have seen victory. You have seen Super Bowl wins. We, that we I have. I haven't seen it yet, for God's sake. I want a damn yeah, Super Bowl. I, know. Um, I will say this, though. You know, you bring up uh, a good draft pick, offensive lineman. There are a few playing in Monday night's national championship game. Uh, any final thoughts on that? And some, some some of the guys in that game, I know, obviously, the Jets aren't looking for a quarterback, but a great matchup with Lawrence and Burrow Monday night. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, um, Trevor Lawrence really impressed me against Ohio State. Uh, I didn't know he could actually run the ball with physicality the way he did against Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, like, run to get a first down and, like, uh, run out of bounds. That guy... <laughs> I mean, he put his shoulder down. He did. Uh, he really impressed me a lot, besides his throwing ability, which is obvious. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup against LSU, though. I, I would think LSU is going to going to get one, you know, get get a victory here. Uh, I just think they're a little too much for anybody. But Clemson hasn't lost a game in a long time, so it's going to be probably the best game of, you know, the, the uh, five that we have. You know? The it's Tigers against that. the Tigers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tommy. Well, we have to let you go. Uh, we hope you can call in within the next couple of weeks where we can talk more about um, the, the NFL playoffs and whatnot. But uh, thank you very much yeah. for your time, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the show. 
yep, I'll be watching. All right, fellas, have a good night. Thanks, Tom. You too. That was Tommy the Mac McNamara from Brookhaven, New York. We're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the AFC, and we'll preview the divisional weekend before the top of the hour. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Fonz DeFalco, our guest for the very first time tonight, Andrew Scarpacci. You can tune into our show tonight on the Wave at liuwave.org. That is the new sound of LIU. You see the nice uh, LIU uh, sports radio poster in the background at 88.1 FM. Now, uh, we've had two callers so far. Uh, good, lengthy calls, you know, yeah. good content. Uh, remember, you can call in if you want later on at 516-299-2030. We also broadcast on the side on Facebook Live. So let's talk about the AFC. Uh, the game Saturday, the first game of the postseason, the Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills, this caught a lot of people by surprise. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought the Bills were going to win this game. It did, but clearly you saw the 23-year-old crack on the pressure late. Josh Allen, uh, he's the reason why they lost. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson just being a monster. Uh, the, the game did go to overtime. The score was 22-19, to but Buffalo was up 16 nothing. Yeah. What happened? You, you nailed it perfectly. Josh Allen really cracked, and I'm going to have to put some blame on the offensive play calling because I think I'm thinking of two plays in, uh, specifically here. Uh, one where Josh Allen was doing like a, I think it was a play action, and he launches one up to the fullback on a on a fade all the way down. Yeah, your fullback, which I did, I it's crazy. And then the other one, on like a second and long, they do a quarterback draw. Yeah, that think, wasn't smart. I just think the play calling was was good in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and that's when fourth and overtime it kind of started trending downwards. You didn't see Devin Singletary involved in much towards the later part of the game, and he was very good in the beginning part. But yeah, I just think it was, you got to put more on the play calling there too, and maybe Josh Allen himself also. What do you think, Andrew? Josh Allen only twenty three, but Deshaun Watson only twenty four. He didn't have a great first half, but he showed, despite not having that much more experience than Josh Allen, he can come up big in the second half and get Houston back in that game. And it was gonna, it was a very competitive game. It was supposed to be, and it very was the entire way. Even though the Bills were up, they were never they were never counting Houston out of it. And then they started to slack off, and Deshaun Watson just went right with it. And Deshaun Watson in this game, he was good. Uh, he had, he well, he went 20 for 25. Very high completion percentage, threw for about 250 yards. Touchdown through the air, and a touchdown on the ground. He carried the ball 14 times. Uh, my problem is a quarterback like him will not be successful long term mm-hmm. if he doesn't pull back. This is what makes Russell Wilson so great. He only runs with the football when the play breaks down these designed runs will not work once these guys get close to 30 years old and mm-hmm. i hate to say it like lamar jackson josh allen daniel jones all do it lamar does it's it the a lot best. Of, it's a lot of the new quarterbacks now that are coming in now they're right. doing like the mobile quarterbacks look i'm more of an old school guy i prefer the pocket passers mm. i like when a quarterback takes off with the ball it's nice to watch a quarterback run 
but their priority is to deliver the ball to their receivers. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson is doing that, but he's running too much. My point is, to the extent where he's going to get banged up, we saw you know, what happened to guys like Pat White, RG3, yeah. even Fitzpatrick still does it at Cam 36. Newton. Cam Newton's another Cam's perfect, a very perfect example. More recent one, yeah. Um, but I will say this. There is a new generation of quarterbacks coming on the rise, like Mahomes, Lamar, Watson, Josh Allen, and Carson Wentz as well. Yeah, if you could throw him in there also. He's still fairly young. But, you know, I will say this. It was great. It was fantastic to see J.J. Watt turn a four-month recovery, split it in half into two months. That man wanted to be out there. He had that clutch sack in overtime that got Houston the ball. Josh Allen did not look good. Now, they're moving the ball down the field. I forget if it was overtime or the end of regulation. And he's lateraling the ball to Dawson Knox. Yeah, I when think that was the have to. fourth. That might have been the fourth. But, yeah. Why? I don't – It. That was yeah. That was anyone in the right state of mind wouldn't have done that. Yeah, a fan wouldn't have done that. He made he made some he made some decent throws like in third, third and long. But then the first and second, it was just like you don't know what he was doing out there. Yeah, I completely agree. He looked lost in that second half. The first half was good, I will say that. But DeAndre Hopkins got going in the second half. This was a team that you had a clear recipe to beating them. Tredavious White had to contain DeAndre Hopkins, and they had to make sure Deshaun Watson did not break loose for any big plays. Josh Allen, a lot of people don't give him credit for, you know, how he runs the football. Um, he actually has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar this season, mm-hmm. or throughout his career or something. Yeah, it's for, I think insane. it's throughout his career. Um, Allen was not good in this game. He did have 92 yards on the ground. He also had a receiving touchdown mm-hmm. that was thrown by John Brown. Yeah. Loved watching that play. Yeah. But it was the only touchdown they scored all game. Singletary was good, had 100 combined yards. I like him for their future. Yeah, for the, f- the first, like I said, first half, very good. They just stopped using him in the second half. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's just, that. that's not good yeah. play calling by Dable. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. but That like, was his name, Dable. Yeah, it's just not acceptable. It also comes down to to it being very predictable. The Bills only really had one style the entire year. They had 13 um, rushing touchdowns in the regular season. Nine of them were by Josh Allen. He had more than double the rest of his entire team. So when really. they're constantly running the ball or passing it with just Josh Allen, they were up 16 nothing. but even despite the bad play calls, it was going to get predictable by the Texans at some point. A playoff team was not going to let the Bills do the same thing over and over again especially the entire season and in the playoffs. The Bills have average offensive weapons. They have John Brown, mm-hmm. Cole Beasley. Look, I, nothing, I love John Brown, mm-hmm. but your next best receiver is Cole Beasley. Then we're talking about Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Tyler Croft, Isaiah McKenzie, Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this Frank Gore's last game in the NFL? Uh, it, Possibly. It might be. I mean, I know he hasn't made a decision yet. He's been around in the NFL forever, the third all-time leading rusher in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is sad. The last time the Bills ever won a playoff game was December 30th, 1995. Josh Allen was not alive. You and I were infants. Yeah. Youngins. Not even a year old. So, I mean, it's sad for Buffalo. But I will say this. Buffalo is becoming a relevant franchise again. Yeah, they, they, they've made the playoffs two out of the last three years, and one coach that does not get the publicity 
and the credit for what he's done to this football team is Sean McDermott. He yeah. gets no attention from the media because he's not interesting enough for the media to talk about. Yeah. They want to talk about Brian Flores winning five games in Miami. Why don't you talk about Sean McDermott, who's made the playoffs two out of the last three years? Yeah, and a team that didn't make the playoffs before that since, like, 99 or something. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But They're building something special on that, especially on the defensive side, too. If they can get one or two yeah. offensive weapons, they could be a very good team. They very much well can. And the Titans, of course, stunning New England. In Foxborough, on the road, a 3-6, and a six, 21 to 21-13 the final score. The score is pretty much 14-13 to 13 for majority of the second half. Uh, Tannehill didn't have to do much in this game. 8-15, of 15, <laughs> 72 yards. Again, stat line's not pretty, but it was effective enough for Tennessee to win the game. And their ball carrier, Derrick Henry, a fantastic, uh, a well- a, they they call him like a, a well tuned oil machine or something like that. He oh, uh, uh, Derrick Henry, he they, is they, the catalyst of their offense. They call him like a tractor, like Tennessee fans do. He's huge. It's yeah. some of the numbers he was putting up in high school. Yeah, were that was ridiculous. And now he's going up against the guy he succeeded at Alabama and Mark Ingram this weekend. Mm-hmm. That storyline is going to be fun to watch. But in this game against Belichick in New England, Belichick knew you have to stop this guy. You have to stop him. Yeah. 34 carries, 182 yards, one touchdown, and he couldn't stop them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did pretty okay from the middle of the first quarter to the end of the first half. And then Henry broke loose for a 29-yard run. Byard shoved him out or something. Uh, not Byard. Uh, uh, Jones, the safety. Jonathan Jones, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, And those 182 yards are the most yards against any Belichick coach Patriots team in the playoffs. And the Titans snap the Patriots' eight-season AFC championship appearance streak. It's the first time since 2009. Wow. <laughs> Good. That the Patriots have not and will not appear in an AFC championship game. You like that? I, uh, yes, <laughs> I do. No pun intended. Maybe. Uh, now the real question is, is Brady done? Does he come back? He wants to keep playing. Yeah. He's going to be 43. Let me tell you something. He wants to keep playing? Sure. But is it with New England? Now that's the real question because we know Joe Judge is gone. Josh McDaniels might be on his way out. We don't know what the future holds for New England. I, In my, my opinion, the dynasty's not over. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think you can. The dynasty that. will only be over if Brady and Belichick want it. To be over. They leave. They're saying if they leave, that's Guys, easy. look, this stuff happens. Sometimes, like, in the playoffs, you will lose to a good team if you're not on your A game. That's what makes the NFL so great. You have one game to prove yourselves. Not a series. Mm-hmm. This sixth seed in the, in the Tennessee Titans was the hottest team in the AFC in the second half of the season. Them and the Chiefs. Yeah. They were great. I, mean, I know the Ravens haven't lost the game, but, I mean, yeah, no. come on. Like, Ten Hill changed their season around. And yeah. Fonz? <laughs> Say it. The Titans Say it. are very well in the mix. They've been 9-7 <laughs> and seven for four years straight. I don't know how they do it, but i got to give credit. Derrick Henry's good. Adrian yeah. Brown, also rising star receiver. Tannehill, very good. Very, I think this was, that was his first playoff appearance ever, right? He never appeared for the yes. Dolphins. Because yeah. the Dolphins made it, but he was injured. Correct. So, yeah, no, very, I mean, 
they still won the won the game. I mean, do they do they keep him? Depending on what happens after, you know, that's that's a good question too, Fonz. But on that note, we're gonna step aside for another break. When we come back, we are going to wrap up the NFL playoff talk. I know we spent a while on it tonight, mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, it's been pretty much the headline of the week. But when we come back, we will have our team of the week, and then we will analyze our picks for the NFL divisional playoff weekend. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.com. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco, Andrew Scarpacci here in the studio. One hour down, one hour to go. Andrew, what do you think so far? Are you enjoying the ride? Oh, yeah, it's definitely been great. Thank you for having me on. I've definitely had a great time with it. Anytime. So, uh, it is that time for our Team of the Week. Um, of course, the way this works, you can pick any team you want in sports that you think has had the best performance over the week. I know right now it's just NFL, NBA, and some NCAA men's, NCAA football that's going on, uh, and, of course, the NHL. So, um, Fonz, if you're ready, we'll start with you. Um, oh, look at that. Who, uh, who is your team of the week? I'm going to give it to the Houston Texans. for They started off slow, and then they came back. We talked about it already. They, uh, they won against the Bills in overtime. Deshaun Watson looked uh, outstanding. Uh, J.J. Watt came back after that injury, looked good. Hopkins always looks good, too. Uh, has a, They have an important game now against the Chiefs, and we'll talk about that game later, but I think they have a very decent shot to win. With a little spoiler for the next segment. Uh-huh. Andrew? I'll probably have to go with the Titans upsetting Belichick and Brady after all their years of excellence. Just being able to get that win in Foxborough and move on after having mediocrity the last few years pushing ahead. Good pick. And, of course, how can I leave them out? My team of the week. You like that? Minnesota Vikings. Figured you were going to go with that team. (laughs) Uh, Gabe gave us some excellent analysis tonight, all from 80 miles away. But still, it was very effective. Um, The Minnesota Vikings are my team of the week because nobody expected them to win. Mm -hmm. You could ask 10 people that walk into the studio right now, hey, did you expect the Vikings to win? I guarantee you eight to nine of them say no. Mm-hmm. at least. So that was great. Uh, before we get to the quick picks, of course, we'll preview Divisional Weekend and what's going on. Uh, the Vikings play the 49ers tomorrow at 435. 49ers are seven-point favorites in that game. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and Fonz. I know I have the Vikings mm-hmm. to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the, the 49ers. Um, I think they're the more balanced all-around team. Uh like you said, Tom, earlier, the 49ers have every position. They have one great player from the quarterback down all the way even to the, to the safety. So I, I think they're going to hold them down there. Uh, so the 49ers are my pick to win. Andrew. Definitely the 49ers, like you said, they're a much more balanced and versatile team. Their pass protection, I think, is much more better than New Orleans, and I think they're going to play like it. Um, George Kittle is even underrated in that category. Everyone knows him as a pass passing player, but I think his pass protection is very good also. And um, I think their defense just has a lot more to go with than New Orleans had. You're talking guys like Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Arik Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman. The list goes on. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you one thing. They're playing for C.J. Beathard. They're, they're playing for mm-hmm. C.J. Uh, his younger brother was the quarterback here for the LIU football team, which you covered this year, Andrew. 
what was your experience working like with the younger brother of 49ers quarterback C.J. Beathard and Clay? Yeah, I was at the practices a few times asking them questions. Never got to meet him personally, but I was always around him, and he always seems like he was leading the charge, making sure he had the team going in the right direction. Despite losing week to week, he just always had his head up at practice, making sure the team played hard. Well, the the show tonight, Clay, is dedicated to you and your family. Uh, appreciate everything you did for Long Island University football. And, you know, the 49ers, they have a chip on their shoulder. This is the first time they've been in the playoffs in a while. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, first time in the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter, first time in the playoffs. Look, they're in the playoffs. So yeah. I mean, what, what else can we say? George Kittle, in my opinion, is the best tight end in the NFL. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but something tells me, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, there's some type of magic going on mm-hmm. right now. It's very tough for me to really dissect, like, how – like Minnesota can be stopped. If there's one team to do it, it will be the 49ers. But I will ask you guys this. If the Vikings find a way past the 49ers this weekend, I feel like you got to pick them next week. I, they just beat the Saints and the 49ers on the road, especially if it's Seattle, mm-hmm. especially if it's Seattle. I know you won't, but I know you might. Yeah, I would, I would consider it. I, mean, like, <laughs> I know the Vikings, if the Ravens didn't exist, the yeah. Vikings would be one of your— I, I would, I, Listen, I, I would root for them. They're a good team. Uh, I would say if they beat the 49ers, they'd be two back-to-back teams that most people thought would be in the Super Bowl. And then if they face either the Packers or the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game, that would be fun to watch. I probably wouldn't—I'm sorry, I wouldn't bet against the Vikings at that point because they would be on a roll. If they play the Ravens in the Super Bowl, then that's a different story. Let's talk about James and Kyle's picks. Who did they take? Uh, James and Kyle both agree with me with the San Francisco 49ers. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so that means the one will win. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, all right, so Titans and Ravens Saturday night, tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m. Andrew, Baltimore favored by 10, correct? And we have Mr. Justin Tucker fan here in the studio. I was going to wear my Lamar jersey, but I've worn it so many times in the show, I feel like people will get sick of it after a while, so I figured i got to represent the kicker here, the best kicker of all time. Yeah, and you bought a Tucker jersey recently. Yeah, I bought it when I went to the Ravens-Patriots game, too. That was a a fun game to go to. Uh, Let's pick this game. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'll start. I'm going to go with the Ravens, obviously. I think think they're going to contain Derrick Henry a lot better than the Patriots did. Uh, and I think with the Ravens rushing attack, they're going to get up early right away. And that's something that then at that point they're going to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill. And that's something that, that may not happen. So I think they're going to run up the score early. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they went by double digits if they cover the, the – was it t- you said the line was 10, right, correct? I wouldn't be surprised if they get that. I didn't give the Titans any shot to beat the Patriots. I gave them even less of a shot to beat the Patriots than the Vikings beating the Saints. But I do think the Ravens are just a much, much better team. And despite Derrick Henry, and for the first half of the season, everyone was just talking about Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. And then once Derrick Henry started playing the way he did, that conversation was over. But I I do think Derrick Henry will have a great game, but I just think Lamar Jackson might even have more rushing yards than he does. So I just don't see any way of them oh, winning. Oh, wow. I'm going not, you know, out on a limb, hmm, Andrew. Hmm. Could. Could happen. Could All happen. Right. Okay. So I picked Baltimore. But something tells me that Tennessee might win this game. Oh, come on, Something. Tom. Look, Fonz. Tom, don't do this. Lamar has not won a playoff game yet. Ryan Tannehill has won a playoff game before Lamar Jackson. Hmm. 
fun fact. But, but by a week. I, I know I mean, John Harbaugh. Real, oh, uh, are we assuming things here? Uh, a, a little bit, but go Who's ahead. Baltimore's number one, number one wide receiver? Hollywood Brown? Yeah. Um, Oof. Yeah. Oof. yeah. I'll give it that. But uh, the, they need, they Titans need, have A.J. Brown. Who's? They, 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 I will give it that. The Ravens pup. are lacking a little bit in the receiver department. I mean, A.J. A little bit. A little. Marquise Brown. A little bit? A little. Marquise Brown, good. Willie Sneed, good possession receiver. Mark Andrews is probably one of the... You could say Tom, maybe one of the better tight ends. I know you say we say George Mark Kittle, Andrews. but he's up there too. But they, they have that rushing attack that can't be stopped. It went through the whole season. They broke the regular season rushing record with only a few games left in the season. I'm yes. just saying. I don't know. I don't know, Tom. Don't say that they have a shot. So I'm going to take the Ravens, but it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to go against the spread and say the Titans cover. I agree. But the Ravens will win this football game, in my opinion. But look out. Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, this guy Ferkser and Jonu Smith, a couple of good young stud tight ends. I'm telling you, this could be something good. They also, there's also Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr, uh, Marlon Humphrey, yeah. Earl Thomas. I mean, let's just throw that out there, too. Uh, defense, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, clean sweep, by the way, in the review preview picks for all of cool. the Ravens. So. Seattle and Green Bay. Andrew, I'll let you take the lead on this. Green Bay, I think they win by double digits. I think they just have a much better defense. Aaron Rodgers has more experience than Russell Wilson. Granted, Russell Wilson probably has had more playoff success. He's been in it more and less chances. But I think Aaron Rodgers just shows he's not going out with one Super Bowl. I don't guarantee they win this year, but Aaron Rodgers is definitely winning at least one more in his career. And I think he takes the lead against Seattle. I think they have a better offensive line. They have a better running game. They have more versatile. They're just much more versatile. Interesting. Okay. This team's looked a lot better now that they've had a consistent running back and a defense. I've I've told Tom this. Give Rodgers a consistent running back and a great defense, they'll be a lot better. I mean, before Aaron Jones, we've even said this before, who was was their better running back? Eddie Lacy for a year. Like, Aaron Jones has been great. Zadarius Smith, great. Preston Smith, great. So I'm definitely agreeing with you. I wouldn't be shocked if they win by double digits here. Aaron Jones had 16 touchdowns. That's the most a running back has ever had in the Aaron Rodgers era. So you just give Aaron Rodgers more of a break to do more of his own thing and ha- and having to rely less on him and be able to just carry the game with more pieces around him. Who do James and Kyle have? Uh, James has the Green Bay Packers, and Russo has the Seahawks. Nah, come on, Russo. So here, <laughs> here's my problem with the Seahawks. And Chris Sims says this at work every day. Their defense, oh my gosh, they're bad. Mm-hmm. They are not good. And I'll tell you something right now. Their running back is not good. He was bartending three weeks ago. Yeah. Bartending. Yeah. And that was Wasn't, in the NFL had playoff. no interest in playing. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, you got Metcalf, you got Locke. All right, that's, that's all they're fun good. and good, but... Hollister is your starting tight end. He's not a starter. I mean, your offensive line is bad. Yeah. Your best offensive lineman right now is DJ Fluker. Wow. I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> I think Kevin King locks down DK Metcalf. Yeah? Yeah. I'd agree. The, see, my only thing is with the Packers, Rodgers is great. Don't get me wrong. Lambeau is a tough place to play. You know, the cheese heads will be there. It'll be great. And I, I am picking the Packers, by the way. I do think they will cover as well. Um, what's the spread again on that game? Four and a half. Four and a half. I do think they will cover. Mm-hmm. I think they'll win by five or six when it's all said and done. But because um, they're home, 
besides Adams and Jones, there's not really much depth on their offense. Valdez Scantling and Lazard, like they're both under the radar type of guys. They're serviceable. They can get the job done, but I don't think they're necessarily great. And I'll be honest with you, uh, their starting tight end. I, I, like I, I don't, I don't even know who he Jake is. Jake Kumarov. Yeah. Well, Jake Jake Kumarov's a re, uh, relief receiver. He's like a third string receiver. That, oh, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy yeah, Graham. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Kumarov has filled in at the but that position. Every time I see Kumarov, it's either a fifty yard pass or a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, to be <laughs> honest with you, that's usually what it is. All right, last game, mm-hmm. Texans Chiefs. We got the spread, Andrew. Um. I believe Kansas ten, City ten, ten, ten also. Oh wow! Okay, hmm. they're not going to cover ten. Huh. No. Tell that's that. yeah, hmm. that, a little much. But I'm taking the Chiefs. Love Andy Reid. Love Pat Mahomes. Not a good rushing attack, but it's hard to go against Pat Mahomes, hmm. especially when Deshaun Watson and the Texans took advantage of a young and inexperienced Buffalo squad last week. I'm going different. I think out of all the teams here in the playoffs, the this is the best chance to win. I know one of the callers earlier. Uh, the other Tom said that Seahawks would have had the better chance to win on the road, but I think the Texans are going to be the team that are going to probably upset the Chiefs on the road. Deshaun Watson, I was very impressed with what he's doing. And he, I think he's he's a special type of quarterback. Mahomes is too, don't get me wrong, but I think after with the inspiration of J.J. Watt playing and that defense really stepped up, I, I believe that the Texans have a legit chance to upset the Chiefs as the road team. Are you going with the Texans? I'm going with the Texans. That, that's That's... Out of all the teams, that's the one that has the best chance to win. The so league. you're telling me that by the end of this weekend, the AFC South, two of those teams could still be in the mix, Fonz. Well, I didn't say the Ravens were going to lose the Titans. Uh, I'm, no, I'm just <laughs> but no, if, if that's going to be the AFC Championship game, I'll be wrong. I'll be wrong with that AFC South. I made fun of it for years, but who do you got? I think the first half is very competitive, maybe a tie even. I think second half comes around, Pat Mahomes puts his Oakleys on and runs away with it. And this just in, Will Fuller will be a game-time decision. This was in today. I feel like this is just the story every week, though, with Will Fuller. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he's a good receiver. Also, the Texans healthy. don't have a good tight end either. Darren Felt, like, besides DeAndre Hopkins, they have no offense. I mean, their running back is Carlos Hyde. Yeah. He's Duke, not bad. Duke Johnson. Yeah, Duke, yeah, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, seventh overall. Yeah, shout uh, out my friend Albert, who drafted him seventh overall in fantasy. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a sidetrack here. We'll get back uh, to the show. Yeah, so uh, Andrew's going to go with the Chiefs as well. And that will set us up into break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about some head coaching changes, and then we'll dig into some NBA news and updates. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. Kicking it up with some Phil Collins. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco and Andrew Scarpacci. All right, Fonz, I'll throw it to you for a second because we do have a caller. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him on the line. All right, yeah, so we're going to talk about some quick uh, NFL head coaching changes here. While Tom's getting that, I'll just recap the, the ones here that we've had. Matt Rule, former Baylor coach, signed with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we'll get to more details later on. This is the quick rundown. Mike McCarthy, former Green Bay Packers coach, goes to Dallas. Joe Judge, the New York Giants. And one team left, the Cleveland Browns. We still have no idea. 
Yeah, and McDaniel's interviewed today, so it should be interesting. But we do have a caller on the line. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. This is Hank from Westchester. Hank and Dick there. How's it going, buddy? Tom, it is going great. How about yourself, my man? Doing good. Uh, you know, I just took uh, the drive down 95 after work, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here having a good time tonight, just shooting it up. Now, I know you are a Giants fan. And Correct. And, of course, they hired Joe Judge on Tuesday. Yes. What are your thoughts? Well, okay. When I when I initially heard the news, I actually didn't really feel much emotions. I didn't feel excited or disappointed. If I were to have felt disappointed, it would have been if they had hired Jason Garrett. I actually was kind of relieved that they didn't hire Garrett. However, with that having been said, once I saw his press conference, I felt so much better about this hire. Because let me tell you something. Joe Judge actually sounds like he's a legit head coach with a plan. He said something about wanting to get this Giants team back into contention. And, you know, I understand. It's going to be a while before we finally get good again. But Judge eh, is aware of this. We'll see. You never know. But you know what? Judge wants to make this team a winner. And I, I actually, I'm on your side with this and liking the hire, Tom. I'll be honest with you guys. Love the hire. Um, apparently, they had a deal in the books with him before Rule was even planning to leave Carolina. And Rule called the Giants up asking, hey, seven years, I forget how seven, much the deal was for. 60 million? 60 million, yeah. Seven-year deal for Matt Rule, a guy who changed the atmosphere of Baylor. He changed them from a one-win organization to an 11-1 and team that finished in the top seven in the rankings this year. They were one win away from making the college football playoff against the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Matt Rule, 19-20 and 20 record while at Baylor. He's a culture change type of guy. He wants to change the culture in Carolina. But with the Giants, with Joe Judge, the first thing he said in his press conference, the one question that's been tossed around the last couple of days is, who am I? Right? Because, I, I mean, I'll guarantee you that I'm sure majority of people listening to the show tonight here on The Wave had to look up his Wikipedia page to see who he was. Probably. and Myself included. You will know who he is because he was an assistant under Nick Saban, who praised him. And, of course, he was the special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach for the New England Patriots. That's double duty. Yeah. And when you're a special teams coordinator, you're working with all 53 guys, including the 10 on the practice squad during the week. Yeah. Offensive coordinators can't say that. Defensive coordinators can't say that. All 53 guys. And the way he was talking, he sounds determined. He's old school, which is what John Mara loves. Steve Tisch, eh, maybe. Uh, but, you know, this pleased the Giants organization. His press conference, former players were raving, and he was assistant under Bill Belichick, who called the Giants and recommended him. He said, you should you should consider Joe Judge. Yeah. And the Giants had a deal in the works with Joe Judge, and they interviewed McCarthy. They interviewed Chris Richard, who they might consider for the D.C. spot. Yeah. Jason Garrett, who they might consider for the O.C. spot, in addition to Joe Brady, the O.C. for LSU. I think they're waiting to see how that goes Monday night and see yeah. if they'll consider him before Judge fills out his staff. But, Hank, there's a new judge in town, and his name's not Aaron. <laughs> I, I am well aware of that. <laughs> My question to you is, um, this man is 38 years old, and he has never been a head coach. He has never been an offensive coordinator. He has never really held a prestigious 
position on the NFL level. Now, this is a five-year deal for the Giants. Mm-hmm. But out of the... F- out of the four hires so far, if you include Ron Rivera for Washington, this definitely, on paper, Hank, I feel like people will easily pick this as the worst one. And it's led to some controversy. Not just in a football sense. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, will Jason Garrett be on this staff, Hank? Um, Do you see it? It wouldn't be surprising. It wouldn't surprise me if it happens, but I I don't know if that's the route they're going to go. I'm I can't say within a hundred percent certainty, but I'm going to say maybe there's a fifty-fifty chance. All right, Hank. So we talked about the head coaches now. Mike McCarthy in Dallas. What do you think about that? I know obviously you watched him in Green Bay. Do you think? And I'll let Andrew talk with you here on this for a minute. Um, do you think Jerry Jones in Dallas wanted McCarthy because they couldn't beat McCarthy? Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I mean, I know he wa- he loved his guy, Jason Garrett, and I I'm, I mean, there's a reason he kept him for all those years, but I think probably that might have had something to do with them hiring Mike McCarthy. But I also think the real reason they hired Mike McCarthy was because this guy does have a Super Bowl win on his resume. Yeah. Now, of course, part of that might have to do with Aaron Rodgers, and you could also look at it the other way and say, oh, he probably could have won more given what he had, but... I digress. I, I honestly think it's the Super Bowl that had to do with it because Jerry's a guy that's like seems all hands on, on and impatient. And he wants a proven winner. If you if if you, you know what I mean. It's just weird because he likes to micromanage. Andrew, what's your thoughts on this hire? He got Mike McCarthy for the same reason that he got rid of Jason Garrett. He was great and effective while he was there, but his time was just done, and that's the same reason the Packers got rid of him. It. Wasn't that he was horrible, but it wasn't that he was great either. He was effective, but his time was up and it was time to move on. And I think that he will be effective, but I don't think he, I don't think he's going to take the Cowboys to that next level that they haven't had in a while. That is an excellent point. Yeah. Uh, Hank, response to that or any final thoughts here? Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, I don't really think that Mike McCarthy is the answer. If you honestly want my team, I actually think Mike McCarthy is the weakest out of all the coaching hires. Ooh. I think he's once he realizes that he's stuck with Dak Prescott, he's not going to be as successful. Wow. Hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with McCarthy. The Cowboys have won two playoff games since 1996. Yeah. My birth year. Fun fact Friday. Fun fact Friday. And, um, (laughs) Hank, uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, this is a mediocre team that I could easily see going 8-8 again. With a mediocre coach. Next year. Yeah, with a mediocre coach. Who, the Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not not arguing with that. Yeah, and look, this was rumored. You know what the worst part is? What's up? They're probably going to lose some of the talent that they had last year, so. Agreed. Yeah, I think they're screwed. Um. Yeah, I mean, if especially if they lose Chris Richard, uh, bringing back Jason Witten this year was a mistake. But Hank, thank you very much for your call tonight, and we look forward to talking hey, to you Tom, again soon. Thank you for having me, buddy. Have a good one, bro. Right, you too. That was Henry and Dichter from Chappaqua, New York, in Westchester County. Nice, nice. Uh, me and Hank actually met Gabe for the first time on New Year's Eve. Our oh, other wow. caller. Oh, earlier that. tonight it's a reunion right now it's, it's a you know it's a it's a circle there i think uh 
just quickly uh, yeah. before we move on. I think really the, if we're talking about the worst hires, I mean, I kind of want to see what the Browns do, but you got to put the Browns in there right now for taking this long. I mean, taking this long to even find a car. I mean, if what if Josh McDaniel says no? Right. What yeah. happens from there? I want to wait and see who the Browns go for before even making a, a choice here. I mean, I would probably definitely say right now McCarthy is the weak one. Out of all them, I do like the Joe Judge resume Yeah, what he's been able to do. Funds, to piggyback of what you just said, and then we'll get to Andrew. Um, they Yes, they interviewed Stefanski. They talked to McDaniels today. But the Giants and Cowboys were interviewing coordinators that had their teams in the playoffs last week. Like yeah. Eric Bieniemy interviewed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense um, that these teams are hired and the Browns are taking forever. Wink got interviewed. Mm-hmm. Like, and Wink was bummed out he didn't get the Giants job. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, my, Honestly, uh, I wanted Wink. Yeah, I thought he was going to— I called him last week. I wanted Don Martindale as our I, head coach. I thought him or Roman were going to leave. Or Greg Roman, season. Robert Sala is going to interview with the Browns, too, apparently, mm-hmm. if they don't make a decision. Andrew, what's your uh, thought process here on this? The Cowboys went very safe. Like, they knew what they were going to get out of Mike McCarthy, while the Giants went very risk-reward. Joe Drudge can be very good or very bad. We don't know. Mike McCarthy, you know what you're getting. I agree. I do agree. Um, look, I, I mean, McCarthy, you know what you're going to get. Matt Rule, you're not sure. Joe Judge, you're not sure. Joe Judge, a local guy with ties to the Giants, working with Belichick and Saban, assistants under them, a guy from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty, but, you know, he's saying if um, a wide receiver needs to be long snapper for a game, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be a very military-style-like team. I could already see it, which that's a culture that's very difficult to create. But I feel like Judge is going to try to take what he learned from Belichick and, stay, and Saban and instill it into his players on the Giants and try to create that culture, which is very difficult to do. Mm. Um but we'll see. Yep. Some assistants under Belichick have been successful, but a lot have not. So we'll see how that all unfolds. Uh, on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk the NBA, and we will talk about a couple of the big games happening tonight, including the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat, and a close one in the fourth quarter. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco and Andrew Scarpacci here in the studio. 90 minutes down, 30 to go. Mm -hmm. Great show so far, guys. We're going to bring it home now in the home stretch and talk some NBA. Quick reminder, you can listen to our show tonight on liuwave.org or watch us on Facebook Live. You can call in if you would like at 516-299-2030 and take part in our live show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Review and Preview. So, NFL's done. Talked about that. We talked a little college football as well. Let's talk about some NBA basketball and the week in review that was. So, uh, on Tuesday, Memphis defeated Minnesota. John Morant had a fantastic game. And Jaron Jackson, as you wrote on the script, a nice young duo. Fun. Yeah, I am. A, I I like what Min, uh, not Minnesota, Memphis, excuse me, has built here. Drafting Morant this year, and then drafting uh, Jackson Jr. last year. They both had plus twenty. Um, 
Memphis not really as competitive right now, but I mean, if they get another young guy in there, they can be something special. I mean, I'm a huge John Morant fan. He's really good. Yeah, went second overall. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I mean, I'll say this. I don't think Minnesota's going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think Memphis is either. Mm-hmm. But there is youth there. The West is very competitive. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Dallas is a team this year that took an uptick, and OKC is – All of a sudden, didn't think so. You love to say, in the mix. Yeah. So – um, and this just final, the Pelicans beat the Knicks, Fuck. one twenty three to one hundred eleven. Not a team you could lose to, uh, especially at home like that. Why? That's bad. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, good for Memphis beating them. A team that also has Grayson Allen from Duke, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. They have good young talent on that team. Uh, Wednesday, Denver defeated Dallas. This was a fantastic was a game. game. This was fun to watch. Came down to the wire. I was watching it at home on the edge of my seat. Dallas lost by one. Nikola Jokic, 33 points, six rebounds, seven assists. One of the better passing big men in the league. The Joker is good. He is so fun to watch. He's a bruiser. Old school type mm-hmm. of guy who's established uh, a perimeter shot. I mean, it's great to see him really carry this team. You look at this Denver team and you wonder, why are they the two seed? Because they're a really good team with one star and everybody knows their role. a lot of depth. Right. They have a better record than the Clippers, a better record than the Rockets. Mm-hmm. A couple other big-name teams in the uh, Western Conference of the NBA. Uh, Jeremy Grant had 15 points off the bench mm-hmm. for Denver. And for Dallas, of course, Luka Doncic, who was one rebound shy of a triple-double, 27 points, nine rebounds, 10 assists. And I'm going to tell you this, Doncic is a future MVP in this league. Oh, no doubt. Um, They were comparing him at 20 years of age, which is the age he is now, compared to LeBron at 20 years, and the numbers aren't even comparable. Doncic blows him out of the water. Now, I understand it's a different game now, so it's very tough. You know, if you're going to compare him to LeBron, I mean, you got to compare him to Jordan as well. But Mm -hmm. we can't be saying this about a 20-year-old this soon, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, this guy might be the most fun player to watch in the NBA. Yeah. He's fun to watch. And uh, uh, Kobe talking a little uh, trash to him there on the sideline one night. They were talking in a different language or something. I think Spanish maybe. Yeah, because Kobe Kobe speaks Spanish too. And Luca as well. Um, Another big game. On Wednesday, the Rockets defeated the Hawks. Harden had 41 points. Dude's a monster. Yeah. Right? He knows right how to score. put it down there. That guy, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He's averaging way over 30 points a game. He is very – he's been very good this season. I mean, he's, as you would uh, expect, though, with Harden. He's lighting up my fantasy team. Oh, that's right. That's right. You have him. How's your team doing? Uh, doing good. Fonzie's uh, Lobos. Yeah, the Lobos. Uh, here's the thing. I've got a lot of injuries. Uh, Marvin Bagley got hurt. He missed some time. Carl Anthony Towns missed some time. Uh, some players here and there. Julius Randle. It's, I never can get a healthy team, but I do have Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. So, not a bad starting uh, backcourt, but a little bit of injuries here and there. The Lobos are on the return, <laughs> On the rise. Spencer Dinwiddie got me 30 points tonight. He's also very good right now yeah, this year, too. Good player for... Brooklyn and then Fonz for you. That tonight. game's still going on. Yeah. Uh, you got TJ Warren and Donovan Mitchell in there along with 
Randall, who put up a donut because he didn't play, yeah. and then Miles Bridges. Yeah, I also have Shy Alexander Williams. from the Thunder. We'll talk about him. I think his guy's a future star in the league. He's yeah. really good. Shy Gildress Alexander, who played for the Clippers mm-hmm. last year. And, of course, another game Wednesday night, the Spurs and the Celtics. The Spurs won 129-114. DeRozan was great. Hayward was solid. But the real story in this game, uh, Kemba Walker only played 14 minutes because he had his first career ejection in his life, Yeah, actually, on a hard screen that was set by LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, I know when it's a big guy setting a pick on a little guy, uh, look, you know, it happens. Uh, Sometimes there's a bigger reaction. Yeah. And Kemba didn't like the way the screen was set. Yeah. And... He lost it. Mm-hmm. He lost his cool. It happens. Brad Stevens wasn't too pleased either. Yeah. Um, but I love this Kemba Walker addition for the Celtics this year. I think their team is a lot better off now than they were back then. They're getting great contributions from guys like Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, the addition of Enos Cantor, the emergence of Daniel Tice at center, Marcus Smart and Brad Wanamaker off the bench. They have a solid team and course they drafted grant williams out of tennessee this year i'm looking forward to what uh they have in store they're easily a top four team in the east come playoff time mm-hmm. for sure oh yeah no doubt uh last night russ is homecoming mm-hmm. now kevin durant did not get a friendly uh homecoming when he first returned <laughs> well, to yeah, that, that would make sense but actually. this man was loyal to his organization for 11 years he never won an nba championship he made a finals appearance mm-hmm. but okc got the better last night. Mm-hmm. They beat Houston, not even close, 113-92. to 92. They won by over 20 points. That's not good. Uh, what do you think? I'm really shocked because we were. this is before our, the season we did our predictions. We didn't even have OKC even considered in the playoff run. They did not. And we thought I thought Chris Paul was going to leave. He wasn't going to play. I thought they had a nice young, a lot of young players, but they weren't going to do anything. Yeah. Now they're right now, I believe they're the sixth or seventh seed. You might be right. In the Western Conference. They're, they're they're competing for a playoff spot. Chris Paul is actually he's very solid for them and a nice leader for them. And like I said, uh, Shai Alexander, another great guy that they have too. Steven Adams has been very solid for them also. Not a bad team. I'm not saying they the championship caliber, but you know what? They've been very competitive. And it, to beat a team like Houston with two of the top players in Harden and Westbrook? Yeah. Crazy. That's something you got to look out for come playoff time as well, that backcourt now. I mean, it's an OKC reunion. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, uh, Chris Paul, former Rocket himself, had 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, three steals the other night, and your boy Gilgis Alexander, 20 points. Uh, played for Kentucky mm-hmm. for a year. What do you think of him, and does he have potential, especially, you know, being groomed by Chris Paul? I mean, what? Who, there's no other mentor. The, yeah, there's no uh, probably one of the best mentors you can have. And Chris Paul probably one of the best point guards we've seen. So yeah, I he he was this. It was like all rookie second team last year with the Clippers. It was in the Paul George trade, and I even told you back in the summer when that trade happened. I said Alexander, that's a that's a good little piece in that trade that OKC got. Yeah, and it's been working out for him. And I definitely think he has All Star potential down the line in a tough West. Uh, we'll get to the All Star standings later, but in a tough Western uh, guard rotation right there over there. Andrew, Russ had 34 points in his return to OKC. Harden had 17. Of course, he's been gone for years. But uh, talk about Russell Westbrook and his impact on Oklahoma City. 
Yeah, he's just been able to take over the game. He's at the point guard position. He's at the one just being able to get the passes through, get the assists. For a point guard, rebounds very well and able to just set up his entire team around him just to get scoring opportunities and get back on defense. Yeah, I think so too. And look, of course, we have some big games tonight. The Lakers at the Mavericks. And then LeBron versus Doncic. Yeah. And then in Brooklyn tonight, right? Or is it in South Beach? I think it's in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. They're up 112 to 111 with 35 seconds left. In the fourth quarter. Russo's at that game. Yeah, Kyle Russo is at that game. Uh, He is a Miami Heat fan. Jimmy Butler with 31 points. Had some beef earlier this week with TJ Warren. Butler, that that Miami team has been very impressive. They're good. Uh, And they're deep, too. Um, Maybe they need to trade for a piece at the deadline, but Bam Adebayo has been fantastic. Most improved player, I think. 22 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds tonight. Kendrick Nunn, the rookie, has been great. Duncan Robinson has established his role on the team. Uh, Goran Dragic off the bench with 17 points. Him Mm -hmm. being on the bench now at his age is a lot more effective than him starting. Uh, Tyler Hero, a good young talent they Mm -hmm. drafted out of Kentucky. Him and Nunn, those rookies. I mean, they're essentially the same position, but you know they could be trained to be the backcourt leaders together That's, in yeah. the future. And then really the only hole on this team, look, I love Myers Leonard. He's a great guy, great player, but I don't know if he's an every night starting center for yeah, you. I, I kind of feel the... like he's filling the gap right now if they make a move at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I can see that, too. I, lo- I love Myers Leonard, though. He's been solid. Been yeah. solid. Uh, you know, of course, you still have Kelly Olynyk, Silva, and... Jonas Haslam is still on that team. That that's crazy. Play. I thought he was going to retire. But. Yeah, and and then you also, I mean, then Dion you got Waiters, his they, issues. Well, they, they, they're looking to move him, looking to move Justice Winslow, looking to move uh, James Johnson. Those yeah. are three guys that they're going to try to move on, see if they get a piece for it. Um, listen, Miami maybe could be in the mix. I, I know I say that a lot, but they could probably be in that Kevin Love conversation because yeah. there's talks of Kevin Love leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's true. And then, you know, we talked about Memphis earlier tonight. They're up on the Spurs right now by nine, Mm -hmm. heading into the fourth quarter shortly. Suns with an early lead on the Magic in the second. The Jazz are leading the Hornets. The Knicks lost to the Pelicans. Uh, Man, they really... Why'd you say that again? 10 and 29. (laughs) You already Um, said it once, Tom. Why'd you say it again? Yeah. Maybe the tank is just what they need now. Look, when Reggie Bullock is starting for you at shooting guard and Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson are your front court starters, that's an issue. They're still starting Taj Gibson? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Mitchell Robinson's coming off the bench. I've been saying this, Tom, for how long? Start Mitch. Taj Taj Gibson, though, had 19 points, 8 rebounds, a perfect 8 of 8 from the field. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Like, I really don't want to. I don't. He was the leading scorer. Oh, yeah, thank you for that one. Drafted thank you. out of USC in 2008. Yeah, and he was like 24 at the time too, I believe. I don't. He's been he's An been around. Old rookie. Listen, if he's it was a rotational player, I'd be okay with it. But when you have Mitch Robinson, who can block shots, rebound the ball, score like with ease, start him. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. Coach Miller's doing. I thought with Miller coming in, Oldman Fisdale is going. He's better than Fisdale. Oh, he's definitely uh, better. I'll t- tell you. I, th- I, think, I think Miller, hey, if you're listening, Miller, start Mitch, please. Yeah. All right. So, other games, the Wizards edge out the Hawks by one. The Bucks are at the Kings tonight in Sacramento, an NBA best record of 33-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Giannis hoping for back-to-back MVP awards, and he has improved now. He's developing a three-point shot. 
needs to improve at the foul line a little bit. But other than that, he's been great. Yep. The Lakers are at the Mavericks starting in about 60 seconds on ESPN. And then the Warriors at the Clippers. The Warriors really struggling this year. Knicks have a better record than the Warriors. Get the banner. They go from the best of the West to the worst. Then they're going to get the first pick, and then they're going to get the dynasty. He's going to be back. That's right. Gonna uh, Clay and Steph, reinforcements coming in. Yeah. That's how it goes. Trade D'Angelo Russell for assets. You still have Draymond, and you are set. And you develop these young guys like Pascal, Smolicic the other night, led them in scoring in the first half. So it'll be interesting. And then upcoming games, you know, tomorrow Lakers are at OKC. Philadelphia at Dallas should be good. Mm -hmm. Sunday, Miami, I believe they're staying here for the next two nights because they have the Knicks on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, So an interesting weekend in New York City for the Heat. <laughs> and then the Clippers at the Nuggets. And then Monday, Houston at Memphis. I'm telling you, Memphis is starting to really string some wins together. Yeah. They look like a respectable team that could be trusted in the future. Yeah. All right. So before we go to break here, current NBA standings, the way the playoffs look right now, the season ended today. Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, and the Rockets are your top four. Yeah. Seated one through four. The okay. Jazz are the five expected so far the Mavericks are the six a little bit some people said yes and right no. and I think they're without Porzingis right now yeah he's and out for a little bit the Thunder are the seven and then the Spurs still in there at the eight hanging tall yeah I think well Spurs people was expecting to still be I think it's that Thunder team that yeah. you did not expect them to be in that not play, at all Fonz and it's it's shocking yeah it is um in the east the Bucks love my Milwaukee Bucks not wearing my Pat Connaughton jersey tonight because mm-hmm. I came straight from work but um, you know, I, I will say this. He's been great this year. Had a couple of jams the other night. Favorite player in the NBA. Had to mm. throw that in there. Of course, Just of course. Sprinkle that in. Uh, the Heat are the two seed right now. Love what they've been doing this year. Kyle Russo, hope you're having a blast. The Celtics are the three. The Raptors are the four. A few Celtic fans at work because, you know, New England. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, the Sixers are the five. Love to see it. I can't stand Philadelphia. <laughs> the Pacers are the six. They get Victor. Know, Victor's coming Victor back. Victor Oladipo is coming back, just saying. The Magic are the seven, and the Nets are the eight. It's going to be the same eight teams that were in it last year, except the seeding will be different. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. I expected the Hawks to be there over the Magic, but, you know, again, the, the Hawks, they're even they're Look, way I, different. I like the Orlando Magic. Vuk, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, hey, it happens. Brooklyn had a great start, but now they're trying to snap their seven-game losing streak that brought them back down they to the are. eight. And Kevin Durant and Kendrick Perkins had some beef about that, which, <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully that resolves itself. On that note, we're going to step aside for our final break of the evening. When we come back, we will wrap up with some college football playoff final preview, and we'll uh, go over who the all-star leaders are of the NBA so far mm. this season. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Now back to Review and Preview. The anticipation continues to build for the college football playoff final on Monday night between the LSU Tigers and the Clemson Tigers at the Mercedes-Benz Dome in New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. The last time the hometown team played there in a playoff game, they lost. They got upset. Can Clemson do the same Monday night? 
Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Fonz DeFalco and Andrew Scarpacci. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We look forward to having you back again, hopefully in the future. And a quick reminder, folks, thank you very much. Our phone lines are now closed uh, at 516-299-2030. We hope you take part in our live show. Now, let's talk about this game uh, actually, before we go there, let's just highlight um, the NBA All-Star leaders right now, Fonz. I know you wrote this down and wanted to go over them. Yeah. Uh, in the backcourt, in the West, we have Luka Doncic and James Harden. Expected. Luka. Oof, yeah. man. Yeah, he wasn't an All-Star last year, but he was close. Yeah. He was close. And then the front court, LeBron, Kawhi, AD. Easy peasy. Again, the West all kind of sim- could you could say that would be the starting lineup. Right. Well, Doncic is replacing Steph, basically. But, yeah, Steph. pretty much, yeah, yeah. In the West, uh, in the East, pardon me. Uh, wow, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's who's been hurt. Why? I think and it's then fan voting. But go Trae ahead. Trey Young. Trey Young. He's good. Starting. Uh, I, it, it, this is what happens when the, we give the fan voting. They get fifty percent of the votes. Taco Fall is sixth in the in the in the front court for the Alex East. Caruso is sixth in guards I, in the West. I, 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 oh my gosh. Like, I'm sorry if I'm getting a little excited there about that, but that shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I, listen. If Kyrie played all a lot of the games this year, that I would see it. Uh, you know, but it's more po- popularity. Uh, the front court is kind of expected. Uh, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and first time potential Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors, one most approved player last year, and is improving once again this year. So it, uh, it's kind of not shocking in the West. Each, you got a couple here and there. That is correct. So we'll see how that all unfolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushing for Pat to make that dunk contest this year. Hopefully we see some good dunks. Hopefully we see a good three-point shootout, the Rising Stars Challenge, Skills Challenge, so let's, the Celebrity Game. Let's get to college football. Oh, yeah. So LSU favored by six over Clemson, the defending national champions. They've won it two out of the last three years. One with Deshaun Watson, and last year with Trevor Lawrence as a true freshman. Now, Trevor Lawrence has not lost since high school. Yeah, He's a winner. He is a winner. You saw what they did to that Ohio State defense. They carved them up on that last drive after the Buckeyes took the lead. Look, I was rooting for the Buckeyes in that game, but I knew Clemson was going to win. After that, uh, safety got ejected early on for yeah. the hit on Lawrence, which um, I was talking to my friend from Brooklyn, and um, – from Ohio, she yeah. didn't think it was a flag. I, I thought it was a flag, but like it's trying to convince Buckeyes that that was illegal. It's very difficult. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it try, she try, trying to talk to people from Ohio, they're, like they're gonna say no way. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so this game was good. Lawrence three three plays, and the second play where they threw it for like fifty yards down the field. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's fantastic, and this guy's a true sophomore. Yeah. The NFL teams are waiting for him to be available to get drafted. Well, he's eligible next year. He said he wants to do all four, but we know Tua said the same thing. I mean, look where he is now. He declared, despite his injury, mm-hmm. Jake Fromm declared this year, along with Eason declaring as well. Um, in addition, well, I think Fields is staying. Fields is year, staying. Right? Sam Ellinger is staying. Ian Book is staying. Good. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I know you're a big Notre Dame guy. Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Justin Herbert 
declared as well, well senior. Yeah. So, um, this game taking place at the Mercedes-Benz Dome. LSU will have the home crowd at their back. Look, guys, I'm going to be honest. I think Clemson's the better team. Hmm. I do. I think Dabo Sweeney has his team in a position where they could easily win this game, hands down. But what Coach O has been doing and Joe Burrow, there's a storyline this season that just makes it feel like Joe Burrow is going to lead his team to a national championship. It is hard Mm -hmm. to pick against Joe Burrow. And I think he will. That team has a ton of depth all over. That defense is incredible. That secondary, defensive back university, as they call it, a lot of NFL prospects. Hoping, yeah. Yeah, so I I, I think they're going to – it's going to be a close game. I think it might even be a high-scoring game. Speaking of close games, let's just get this in. To finalize, Brooklyn did just beat Miami uh, 117 to 113. Sorry, Russo. Spencer Dinwiddie with 14 assists in mm. that game. Wow. Um, yeah, he's and 25 got, points. Yeah. So uh, back to the game here, though. Um I see the line this week started five and a half, and now it's up to six for LSU. But I don't think they're going to cover. Like I, I think they they might win the game, but I don't think they're going to cover. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very tight. And look, I really wanted to see Joe Burrow go up against his old school. Everybody forgets he's an Ohio State transfer. Mm-hmm. I know he started last year, but even before this season, who's Joe Burrow before this year? Mm-hmm. Most of your average college football fans don't know who he is. Yeah. Just some food for thought there. Um, who do you guys have winning this game? Clemson has more experience. Trevor Lawrence, ha- he's been in this spot before. He knows what he knows, what the storyline is. He knows what he's got to do. And I think Clemson upsets because they, they've won it last year. They just know more about how the championship goes. Right. And with Trevor Lawrence, about him going to the NFL, if you win two national championships, what more do you got to win? Like, I agree. My my problem is this: like, will this even be an upset? You get what I'm saying? Like, I think it Clemson would be because wins. everyone thinks LSU was going to win. Right. See, and I'll write you down for Clemson here as you say that, but <sighs> there's something about this year that makes it feel like Joe Burrow's year. Yeah. I would probably look. I really wanted it to be Ohio State, um, you know, because I mean, I do, I, I do, I do like the state of Ohio. Yeah. Uh, when Notre Dame is in it, I will root for the Buckeyes. But in this situation, it's hard to go against Clemson. It's very, very difficult despite all the good that Joe Burrow has done this year. He's just one player. It takes a team to win this national championship. And those guys on Clemson have been on the grand stage before. And you know what? To be honest with you, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. Six-point dogs out the window. Clemson. So you have them winning. Close game, though. Now I do. Yeah. I just think LSU has too much depth. That offense is just uh, too much for them. That defense is great. That Joe Burrow, incredible. Justin Jefferson, I believe it, it's Jefferson. I don't yes. know it's for Justin Jefferson. Great receiver. Uh, the running back, I keep the name slipped my mind just now. The hyphen one the, with the hyphen name in the back. Something Edward something. Very uh, good. I, yeah. I just completely. I just receiver right. 
No, running back. Ru- uh, I just the name slipped my mind off the top well, of my head right now. Etienne for Clemson is going to cause problems. Oh, he's yeah, he that he's going to be he's really good too. But no, good. I just think LSU. It's just too perfect. They got. I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, no, I doing. mean it's really it's set up for them to win. They're at home. Joe Burrow, Coach O. It would really make sense. Yeah, I'll 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 be honest with you. Up until we went live tonight, I had LSU winning, but I, I had a change of heart during our last break and decided to go with Clemson. Are we doing scores quickly? Are we uh, if you want, sure. I'm gonna say LSU. I'm gonna say LSU 34, Clemson 31. It's gonna be close. I wouldn't surprise me if they go past 30 points still. Clemson 41. Oh. LSU 38. Oh. Andrew. Clemson 43, LSU 37. Hmm. We all have very high scoring games, which it's these are two powerhouse offenses. The stakes are very high. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun game to watch. It sure is. Uh before we sign off here tonight, any final thoughts on this game? Or anything we discussed tonight? I'm just looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to, for me, my Ravens. Uh, this is the most excited I've ever been. Going to go play the Titans. Hopefully they get the win. Stop Derrick Henry. It's playoff football. It is. I'm I'm excited. Lamar, MVP, potentially. We don't know yet. It hasn't been confirmed, but let's just go. I'm excited. Go Ravens. Check it out, Facebook Live. Sorry, radio people. With your With your Ravens, with your Packers, my Giants, Sitting at home watching you guys play. Um, Yeah, it could be the Ravens and the Packers. That would definitely be very interesting to see. That would be very good. That would be an exciting matchup. But uh, for everybody listening here tonight on The Wave, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to our show. For everybody watching on Facebook as well, thank you very much. All our callers, we appreciate you. Before we uh, sign off here, just want to say, yeah, uh, you know, there is a chip on um, San Francisco's shoulder, I think, with, you know, of course, all the emotions surrounding here with Clay uh, and C.J. Beathard for the San Francisco 49ers. So good luck to everybody in the playoffs and those kids playing in the national championship game Monday night. All right, guys, so on behalf of Andrew Scarpacci and Alfonso DeFalco, I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you all a good evening here on liuwave.org. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone. A hundred days have made me older since the last time that I saw your pretty face.
the wave. The new sound of Long Island University. LIUWave.org. Yeah.